Looking forward uh, to talking to Adam Griffiths mm, shortly, who's come over from Western Sydney Wanderers this season to uh, be assistant coach under Giancarlo Italiano at the Wellington Phoenix, and they are absolutely flying. They are at the top of the league. Mm. Uh, they went away uh, to Australia, picked up four points on the road, a nil or draw over in Perth, uh, and uh, they had a win earlier as well before that, so they are looking very good, and he joins us now. Adam Griffiths, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. And I mean, you know, when you took the job and you came to New Zealand to uh, to work with Chiefy uh, on, on this Phoenix team, did you have any idea that with nine rounds to go, you might be top of the ladder? <laughs> um, you always. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was it's probably a little bit of a surprise, but you always go into anything that you do thinking that you can win. So what what else do you do? when you go into these types of uh, environments and you don't have that winning mentality. So mentally, I always wanted to, to be in this type of position. Um, it is a little bit of a surprise first season in. What was the attraction coming over, Adam, to coming over to the Knicks? And you wouldn't have been short on offers, particularly in Oz. Um, it, it was probably just a conversation I had with Chief. I, I wasn't happy in my, my previous role. Um, and I needed uh, somewhere which aligns some to the way the way I worked and and, and uh, the mentality of how um, the culture of uh, of what Chief was trying to to build here. So as soon as we we started chatting football, I knew that it was the right place. And what's it like working with Chiefy? And um, you know, did you talk to Mark Rudin before making uh, the move? Given he'd coached here previously. Um, no, not really. Just uh, make my own decisions and, and working with Chief has been fantastic. Uh, we aligned quite a lot on uh, all football things and, and then both from a, a personality perspective, we have a good laugh within our, uh, our football staff in the environment. So it's, it's been a, a pleasure to work with him. Well, when you look at this team and the alignment, you, you you are a team that is on the same page. You've got alignment, you've got unity, you've got courage, determination. But what was the first thing you looked to just change defensively when you came in? When you look at this outfit, yes, they can score goals, but defensively leaking minimal. Yeah, we we when I first looked at, um, I spoke to Chief, I, I looked at the... Uh, the upside of of the of the squad, I knew it was a, a, a young back line with a, a couple of experienced heads. And when you have quality in terms of those experienced players, and and you can improve those guys, then the young guys follow follow through really strongly. And and that's what's happened really is that the the older guys have bought in, and then the young guys are, are, are just excelled and and really stepped up for the team. And when you have that balance of youth and experience. Um, anything's possible. What have you made of the of the depth in New Zealand football and the and the pathways? I was I was looking at a um, uh, some stats around the number of minutes that under twenty three players had played around the A League, and they were obviously focused on Australian players. And most teams were sort of around that eleven percent, but the Phoenix it's forty three percent if you consider uh, New Zealand under twenty threes. Yeah, I think that the club has moved towards that type of approach and um, it's working for us. Um, the the hope is that the academy can continue to produce quality players and, and, and they have to date. Um, and then the step up, it's about trying to put them in the right environment where 
those players can thrive. And, and that's what's happened this year. Is those players have got opportunity and they're thriving. And you never know until you throw them into the water to see whether they can swim, you know. And that's what's happening. Yeah, we've seen a lot of the, the academy players that are taking part in a lot of the success you've had this year. And from an outside looking in, you can get concerned thinking, are they up for it? Are they ready to make that big step? But when they go out there, they don't look out of place, mate. Is that something that you're, um, you're noticeably thinking about, building for this future? Yeah, so like when we go on to the train, training pitch, like the more extras that these young players can do and, and work hard on their game, all we do is identify where they need to improve and, and then we give them some um, direction and, and real detail on how they can improve. And that's what's, uh, as I said, that's what's happening the boys are taking this information and, and they're really stepping up. So when players like uh, Husey or even Matt uh, Sheridan or um, Dean Conch, they come into the squad, you have total belief because you work so hard with them on the pitch and you see that reward. Um, mm. And you can see the confidence in the players when they step out. They know exactly what they're doing and then they're uh, performing well. Now we've had uh, Scott Wooten on the show before and, and, and things, and obviously he's a big part of your defence. He's, a, he's a, a, a real leader. Uh, but he was there you know, last year as well when they were conceding more goals. So you've obviously come in with a, with a, uh, uh, a role in mind to, be, uh, to, to improve the defence. So what was the first thing you looked to change defensively when you came in? Um, probably just the main thing that we've worked on is that all the players understand exactly what their roles are within the defensive structure. And then and then I look at the small details in terms of their efficiency of how they move and, and uh, their positioning at key moments when with, within different moments of, of the game um, and, and just be really almost like micro-manage that but then allow them to understand exactly what we want to achieve and... And as I said, they're bought into it, and uh, it's working at the moment. Yeah, you got Lucas Kelly held playing at left back. He's a bit looks a bit like Dan Byrne running around out there for for Newcastle. He's so tall. Um, is he a player that you think can transition to become a centre back later in his career as he develops? Yeah, when when I look at uh, Lucas, he's like a project, right? He's, he's got like the physicality to be a really exceptional football player. Um, and it's just trying to get all of his limbs and 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 his body working in unison. Um, and he, he's really changed um, physically throughout the year. Um, but he's also, uh, I think, playing left back is will will make him a better footballer moving forward because it, he's been positioned in in areas where um, he's more vulnerable. Being a, a left-footed centre back moving out wide, you, you have to defend a lot in wide areas in one v one moments. And when he does go back into the centre-back position, because I have no doubt that that's his, his position, that he, he'll become a, a very good ball-playing centre-back for, for the Phoenix. Yeah, I, I guess the other thing that it does for you guys is it opens up the option for formational changes, right? Because if you've got a guy like him who can play as a left-sided centre-back, then going to a back three with Finn Sermon on the right side uh, could work as well and it'll allow you to get somebody like Sam Sutton or uh, Tim Payne further up the field. Yeah, definitely. So we've switched between formations. Chief is um, always up for flexibility and and uh, different types of formational changes throughout the season this year. And you would have seen Lucas played as a, a centre-back, he's played as a left-back, and he's also played as a wing-back in the last game that we played. And 
he he's able to play multiple positions. Um, so is um, some of the other players as well. So like Tim Payne can play centre back, but he also can play full back and wing back. So it gives that flexibility in the way Chief wants to set up. And um, depending on who we're playing and and what we're trying to achieve in that game. When Tim Payne first came on the scene, he was the number ten. He hasn't tried to talk you into putting him back there at all, has he? Our chief has discussed potentially putting him as a nine, but um, we'll see how that goes throughout the year. Well, Adam, uh, obviously going to try and continue on the success you've had lately. Adelaide this weekend probably haven't been the side they were in the last couple of years. What do you think that is for? Um, they've lost a couple of key players, um, and when you do lose key players, um, sometimes uh, they don't they haven't replaced them exactly. So they've lost a little bit of form and confidence, but they're, they're a dangerous team. I think uh, they showed a couple, probably last month when they beat Sydney in Sydney that they were they're a very dangerous team. So if you take them too lightly, they can hurt. So our objective is to make sure that we're uh, um, really focused for a good week of training. And if we perform well at home, um, I have no doubt that we can win the game. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a good run home that you've got, uh, Adam. And you'll be looking to stay in top spot so you get that week off before the playoffs uh, kick in as well, mate. Now, one of the things that I think is, has happened has been done really well is that Zavada's been missing so much this season with different injuries, but the goals haven't dried up. Um, I know it was nil all last time in Perth, but it, it, you've managed to get goals from other places. Obviously, Costa's on, on a heater, but uh, I think Bojadir Cryev's probably uh, been our player of the season so far in the attacking third. Uh, what do you put that down to? Um, I think that I think you mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of flexibility within the squad, so multiple players can play uh, different positions, and, and with that... Um, I think people realise that uh, when you're missing such quality in terms of Oscar, um, that other players have to stand up. Uh, you've seen players that haven't scored previously. I think Paney hadn't scored previously. Rufa hadn't scored for a while. Um, they're stepping up and scoring goals. Nico Pennington scored a, a double a couple of weeks back. So there is, there is goals coming from different areas, which always helps, um, but it, it shows the strength of your squad when that's happening. Yeah, love it. Next man up is the mentality. Um, we're eight rounds left, and we are sitting top of the table at the moment. Wellington haven't quite been in this position before. What's important to ensure that you stay on and you stay ready heading towards potentially having a playoff home run? I think the critical bit is that we don't get ahead of ourselves. Play each game as they come. I think uh, Chibi said it multiple times. It is cliche, but what what we the focus on is is what we do on the training field because that's probably 80 90% of what you do is how you prepare and and if you have that mentality of training hard working hard on on different elements of your game then the, as chiefy's always said is the results will come if our performance is good are you able to steer us into to what trainings really look like? Are, are they highly competitive? Do they get heated? You know, like what sort of training? And is there something different that you've noticed from previous teams you've been a part of to this group? Um, I haven't noticed anything different because this mm. is the, the way that we're training this year is, is always the way that I've always liked to work. Um, mm. There is a, a very competitive nature towards training. Every every component of training has a competitiveness to it. Um, mm. We're looking for winning and losing. Um, 
be, and, and having those players have that desire to win um, is, is something that needs to be instilled within, within the group throughout the whole season, not just uh, game day. So we do have a very high competitiveness within the training sessions um, and something that's been really pushed through the coaching group. Now, your brother Joel played a little bit out here towards the end of his career, mate. Um, and he's coaching, I see, uh, in uh, back back in Newcastle. Is do you guys sort of trade secrets or or not trade secrets, but give each other tips and help each other out and bounce things off each other? Yeah, he, he follows uh, the Phoenix. He follows every everywhere I've been as a coach. Um, we talk quite regularly. He his biggest fan is he's the biggest fan of uh, Ben Old. Um, he thinks he's great. He's been. Um, pumping his tyres since uh, he first had a game with the Phoenix uh, this year since Joel's been watching and um, he, he sees huge potential in him. So we, we talk quite regularly about how we're doing, what we're looking to focus on and um, he's definitely someone that uh, I take uh, um, a lot of information from and we bounce ideas and, and maybe just get a different perspective to what I'm thinking when I'm he's sort of like the... Uh, looking above and looking in is different to when you're right in there working away. You reckon um, going forward you guys might work together? I mean, I'm not sure which one of you would be the head coach, but uh, <laughs> could, could you do that thing? You know, we've, we've seen it a, a few times with the, the Aloisi brothers working together as, in a coaching situation. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought, thought like that. Obviously, we've gone off on different paths. We've been like that previously as players. Like, we... We played against each other, then we came together at Newcastle Jets when we won the league and, and, and played together. Um, and then we went off on our way. So you never know. Um, he's doing his thing at the moment, and um, I'm enjoying doing my thing here. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, good stuff, Adam. Hey, listen, mate, thanks for giving us so much time this morning. Really Cheers. appreciate it. Best of luck for the rest of the season, and uh, yeah, hope you stick a few past Adelaide this weekend, eh? Yeah, so do I. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Up the Knicks. Up the Knicks. Yeah, let's get that going. Let's get that trending. Up Come the on. Knicks, indeed. Surely. Well, mate, they're I'll going. I'll trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there will be T-shirts available at israeldag.com.au shortly. <laughs> uh, you'll be able to buy those. Um, yeah, Adam Griffiths from the Phoenix. Uh, from the Phoenix. I mean, it's interesting here. He's pretty measured, mate. Pretty measured, eh? He's mm. like very level-headed. Very level-headed and, um, you know, very creative mind you know in such a short period of time what he's been able to do not only for the Phoenix but defensively man like they leak very little from the defensive end Alex Paulson he's the keeper and he so mm. he, he's mate he's unreal and he's only young he's still only 21 22 and they, that's the thing there um yeah Rick Dog is they're only a young team they've they've blooded some young players already Man, that just that just gives you so much confidence that the Phoenix as a franchise are in a good spot. They're already at a good spot right now. They got eight rounds left to continue that momentum and I think the questions are when we get to the playoffs, you know, we're gonna potentially make the playoffs, it's a different mindset and it's a different feeling. And you if you haven't been there it can trip you up. So my question to you is, once we get to the playoffs, who are we leaning on to give us that motivation and maybe instill a bit of confidence that that playoff mentality is different?
Yeah, I think that's when you when you, you you're relying on guys that have been there and done it before, like Costa Barbarusis. He's won it all before, you know. He's been played in yep. finals. Uh, I think David Ball. I think Oscar Zavada, if he can be fit for that run in, will be extremely important. And then Scott Wooten at the back. You know, those are guys that are, uh, if you, uh, I guess the the term hardened pros, uh, but mm. they've been there, done that, been in the mix. And that's why they've done so well. You know, I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day about Chelsea and why the Chelsea team, they've spent a billion pounds uh, on that team, but they've bought all young players. Now, the mm. Liverpool team that they lost to in the League Cup final had a lot of very young players, all 19, 20 and everything. But what they also had is they had like two 27-year-olds. They had one 32-year-old. They had another guy who was, you know, sort of around 29, 30. So they had a spine of older players who can give it some leadership, some direction when things get going tough can pick things up. And uh, I think that's what Chelsea haven't done, what Liverpool have done, and that's what we're seeing at the mm. Phoenix as well. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that's no, bloody good. And, and are, you, are the fans following... So I know they had 12,000 to the Waitangi Day game. Um, you know, are you seeing a bit more momentum as a, as a footballing fan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's interesting, actually, that there was, uh, there's been a few people having a crack at some of the news outlets in New Zealand for being too Auckland-centric. So, uh, so uh, there was somebody saying that the after they had um, had that last win, that there was nothing about it on the TVNZ News. There was five minutes on Northern Hemisphere rugby, and nothing on a New Zealand team that's top of the league that had just won a game, um, and so you know that that was that was copying a bit of a bit of stick, and it's, it's about being visible when you're not in Auckland because so much of the media is based in Auckland. And I think David Dome was talking about that as well. Well, not here on SCNZ, Rick. Dog. No, all over it, mate.